0: Shall
1: you, you, yes, Bahase, Jungs, Kiel, Linguage, Sprung, Tats, Sprung, Ries, Sofa, Linguage, Hils, Igen, Nui, Passage, Linguage, Language, Rules. Hello and welcome to Language Rules. My name is Annette and today's episode is number 4a and it's about Icelandic. So we stay in the north of Europe after we already talked about Swedish in the previous episode. Swedish and Icelandic are both North Germanic languages. So they are in fact closely related and indeed you can find similarities, but as you will hear today, there are also a lot of differences. And that's because the history and development of Icelandic is quite unique in comparison to the other Germanic languages. In fact, speakers of other Germanic languages who want to get an idea of what their languages looked like hundreds of years ago should look at Icelandic because it has preserved some features that the other Germanic languages have lost over time. And that's why Icelandic is sometimes also called the Germanic fridge. Yeah, all in all, it's a really cool language and I'm looking forward to learn more about it. And as always, I have a guest here with me. Welcome Björn.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: And maybe we should explain a bit where we are and uh, and how we know each other, Um, because today I'm not as usual in Stuttgart in Germany, but uh, we are in Sweden, in Lund, in fact. Um, And that's another nice bridge to the previous episode because if you listened to it, you might remember that Anders, who was my guest there, um, is from Lund as well. And that I um, lived and studied some time in Lund, which is, however, not the whole story. Because uh, the nice side effect of uh, my time in Lund is that now I have an, a nice job that gives me the opportunity uh, to be in Lund from time to time because it's uh, I work for a company that's based in Lund. And Björn wor- works for the same company, so we are colleagues. And in fact, we are in the office today on a se- uh, Sunday evening. Um, so uh, thanks for coming here anyway. You're welcome. And uh, before we start, I also want to mention that similar to the uh, episodes about Esperanto, um, I would like to have two episodes again, but this time, um, we will, yeah, make it on purpose, like we will take a break in between. But now, um, let's come to the traditional introduction, um, this time in Icelandic. So Björn, if you could say a few words, uh, introducing yourself in Icelandic.
0: Komiði sæl. Ég Hei heiti Björn Ragnar frá Reykjavík. 1962, or oripi lundi. So you want that in English?
1: <laughs> I guess I understood uh, the essence. So uh-huh. um, uh, I understood Reykjavik. Yeah. So that's the capital of Iceland and where you come from. And uh, you said your the year you were born in. Yeah. That was yeah. There? And that you, yeah work at Uribi in Lund. Yeah. So yeah, that's the company you work for. Yeah, so I I could guess some things. I Maybe mean, it wasn't that long and there were a lot of names in it. So so how lo- long have you lived in Sweden then?
0: Oh um I've I've lived in Sweden on, on two occasions actually. Um uh, uh uh, my first visit to Sweden was when I was 10, ten years old in 1973, uh, uh, and I was visiting my sister who was studying at uh, at the time in Gothenburg. And after secondary school or gymnasium, uh, I came to Lund to study, and it was in 1983. And I stayed in Lund then for some three uh, three years, three, four years. And then uh, I moved to uh, Gothenburg uh, to study further. And And uh, on a trip to Copenhagen, I met my wife, uh, Maiken. She's from the Faroe Islands. So I speak Faroese as well, to some degree. Uh, and then we moved to Iceland in 1993 from Denmark. Uh, and uh, stayed there until '98 when I got an offer from another company in Lund, and then we moved and we've been living here ever since.
1: So you speak Icelandic, Faroese, Danish, Danish as well, yeah, uh, Swedish, Swedish, English, uh, yes, something else,
0: and I read German. I, I offici- officially studied German for three years in secondary school, but I've I've never had the opportunity to. T- speak in German. So, so, I can't speak because I have to think too much. So, and that gets in the way. But I can read, I can read. And
1: can you, uh, when you hear German, do you understand?
0: It? Yes, some of it. It depends on where, where you're from. I've been in Austria and Switzerland and I had a hard time understanding them.
1: Yeah, that's the same for people coming from Germany. So, um, did you learn S- Swedish or Danish at school or ju- just when you lived here i i uh,
0: I learned Danish um, uh, back uh, when I was young it has changed since but when I was young uh, we were we uh, we were required to study Danish from the age of nine, ten or something and and that's because Iceland is an old Danish colony and got its independence in 1944 and uh, but the the ties to Denmark are really strong Uh, at least on the cultural level the 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 common people in Iceland have more uh, more connection to the English speaking world though so you you find more people speaking English than than the Scandinavian languages Unless you meet somebody who's lived in Denmark or Sweden or Norway, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: And so, um, if your wife is from the Faroe Islands, yeah. What do you speak at home?
0: Icelandic. Well, uh, she uh, she she was she's really a quick learner. And when when we went to Iceland, lived and lived there for f- five years. She picked up Icelandic really quickly okay. and she she speaks Icelandic fluently way better than I speak Faroese. So so um, it's mostly Icelandic and then when there are guests we obviously if there are Swedish guests we switch to Swedish and if we have Danish guests we switch to Danish and uh, Fe, the Faroe Islands are still a Danish colony. So so they 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 have a lot of, uh, they They all know how to speak Danish. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and But we have two daughters, 23 and 25. And uh, they were born in Denmark. Uh, uh, but they, they I would say, they consider themselves Swedish because they've been living most of their adult life. Uh, or I'd, I look at them as kids, but anyway the 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 past fifteen eighteen years living here so.
1: Icelandic and Faroes are quite close.
0: Oh yes, they're very close. Uh, f- the f- uh, Faroese is is the closest uh, language to Icelandic of of the Nordic languages, and it's squeezed somewhere between Danish, Norwegian, and Icelandic. Uh, Norwegian is uh, like you know it's a. Uh, they they two languages. They have one natural language and one artificial, which was created for them some hundred twenty thirty years ago. But uh, they were under the Danes for a long time, and uh, they inherited Iceland from 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 the Norwegians. That's why Iceland became a a, a Danish colony.
1: Don't you get confused with all the different languages, especially? Um, because they are all related to y- Yeah, that's, a,
0: uh, that's very interesting because um, uh, uh, wh- my experience with uh, Danish and Swedish are uh, wh- when my sister was studying in Gothenburg, I was really keen on learning Swedish and she would send me books and I, I studied Swedish but I had to, or I read Swedish books and, and in school it was Danish. Uh, and I wanted to uh, study Swedish instead of Danish uh, because I knew there were some kids that were allowed to study but that was because they had lived in Sweden, their parents had studied there or the, there were some circumstances and, and then they would they would find a, a Swedish-speaking teacher uh, for them. Um, and uh, I, I uh, in my teens I got summer job in Sweden up in Abisko in, in Lapland. I worked there for three summers when I was in secondary school, gymnasium. And then I learned Swedish really well and uh, I felt increasingly frustrated that I had to study Danish uh, in school and and the the headmaster of the school finally agreed that I could do my final things in Swedish instead of Danish. So, uh, but about the the, uh, confusing the languages when... Uh, when I went to learn to study Swedish, I, I remember that I had difficulty speaking English, which I I was fluent in English. But it was like su- the Swedish learning thing was really, really allocating all of my language part of my brain. Uh, and and then when I m- uh, uh, met Maiken and and uh, we I moved to Copenhagen to live with her in 1989. Uh, I thought I could dig up my old Danish uh, from from school, uh, from my child years, and and use that. But Swedish was in the way because the languages are so similar. But then I remember I I, I decided that uh, uh, that the languages were completely different, and instead of focusing on the words, and and the grammar and and and, and similarities i remember just going for the the feeling the musical feeling the the vocals uh, of the language instead that's how i learned english because there's a lot of english television and cinema in iceland and i read pocket books and i learned it not by analyzing in a theoretical sense the language but just Listening to the words like a child, you know, more like a Suzuki in music or something, I, uh, and that was a that was a conscious decision. I remember, and then I learned Danish really, really fast. I just treated it as a completely different language. But then, when some Swedish friends came to visit in Denmark, <laughs> I had difficulty switching. To back. switch again, yeah. But then I, I, w- after I moved to uh, Lund in 98, I, I got uh, work in, in Copenhagen some years later. And that was after the bridge was built uh, or, or between Copenhagen and Malmö. And, and I, would, I would drive over in the morning and work in a Danish environment. And I would drive home in the evening, be in Sweden talking Icelandic to my wife. <laughs> And that was a bit of uh, that was quite a lot. But then I learned to switch between Danish and Swedish, so now I can switch between the two. the 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 point I'm trying to make is is uh, uh, learning by listening and going after the sounds rather than some some intellectual process. Anyway, that worked for me.
1: A good tip, maybe. Yeah. How to uh, how to get used to a language yeah um do you remember m- maybe any funny misunderstandings or uh, oh, situation yeah. embarrassing situations Oh before?
0: yes yes it's uh, both uh, uh, Icelandic and Faroese they are very close just like Swedish and Danish and and so uh, many words have uh, have have got new meanings they they have evolved in different ways and and uh and uh and uh, I remember my wife and uh, uh, Mike, when she was in Iceland, she was gonna uh, because the the Faroese people they have the same system as the Icelandic. They 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 want to invent, and we talk about this later. We they they want to invent their own words. Uh, these are usually nouns, uh, uh, substantive. Where where where. Um, you try to invent a word which is transparent. That is, just if you hear, hear it for the first time, you can sense what it stands for. Uh, whereas many of of the words, uh, the substantives we we use here, are from Latin or or Greek or something, and unless you know these languages, they don't mean anything. And uh, but see, she uh, was going to buy an envelope, in the, uh, and and. Uh, she went to this sh- to the shop and and asked really <laughs> serious you know do you have a uh, and and the pharaoh's word is briev bialvi which means do you have a letter idiot <laughs> <laughs> and the person just stared at her you know <laughs> smiled you know and <laughs> and then she kept on asking this and that person became you know really angry and <laughs>
1: So it's idiot in I- Icelandic.
0: bjálvi. Yeah, bjálvi means idiot and Briev means uh Breiv letter, yeah. yeah.
1: But in in Faroese it uh, it's not idiot. N- it's n-
0: no, uh, Briev is Briev, yeah. but bjálvi is to to encapsulate something. Okay. So so that's just an example and and and, and obviously between Danish and Swedish there are many, you mm. know, like uh, yeah.
1: So Yeah, that happens when the same or similar words develop into yeah. different directions. But in the so in the case of idiot and capture, yeah, it would be interesting to find the yeah <laughs> the root. <laughs> so what's the? I don't the know. Connection? Maybe
0: the idiot was uh, somewhere. You know, uh, in, ca- in prison, in, or in prison or something. I, d- I, I don't know. It's uh, so, but it's it's. Uh, uh, I, I find it. Uh, uh, nice. Sometimes when I'm in Sweden and Denmark, and I see, particularly names of cities and places, I can instantly relate to them, from my Icelandic language roots, which may be lost to the Swedes and the Danes.
1: So you can um, still decompose yes. the, the oh, meaning. Yes. And the like mm-hmm. in
0: Sweden and, and and even in in Denmark, there are a lot of cities with the with the name Köping mm-hmm. Nordkyrping, Nyskyrping, Enköping and the Købing uh, for me is Køyb-Vankur. You have the N-G center. Vankur is an area, and Køb is to uh, to uh, its merchandise or, or buying trading. So it's a a a, a, a trading place, Köyb-Vankur. and it's become Købing, which uh, you you can hear how it's you know simplified. It's also the same yeah.
1: in Copenhagen. Like
0: yeah, you you have new curbing Falsta in in mm. Zealand, and, and uh, there are a lot of curbings there. And the da- but the Danes, they the Swedes, they they are more conservative in in their language than the Danes. The Danes are completely <laughs> losing track. <laughs> they just let it change, you know. Uh, grammar rules that were wrong twenty, thirty years ago are are perfectly fine now. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about Iceland then. Yeah. <coughs> uh, where is it?
0: Yeah, uh, it is uh, a, a geographically half of Iceland belongs to America and half of Iceland belongs to Europe, the continents, because it's in the middle between the two continents, and it's when these two plates. Uh, uh, Diverge that you have this lava coming up forming Iceland so you have uh, like you have Faroe Islands there to the east of Iceland and uh, You you would think that maybe Faroe Islands were where Iceland is now some time ago when they emerged from the the Yeah volcanic activity so it's about 300 kilometers east of Greenland uh and um uh, if you go to to Scotland and you go straight up you go to you will end up in the Faroe Islands and then if you go west uh and you uh, you're on a fast boat uh then it, it will take you some 15 20 hours and then you're in Iceland
1: <laughs> okay so, that's yeah a nice trip maybe yes
0: yes it is <laughs>
1: And so it's uh, close to the Arctic uh, Circle.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Arctic Circle uh, uh, passes in on the northern side, uh, north of Iceland. Um, but most uh, most of us live south of the the. I mean, it's uh, it's there in the ocean. No, um, I think it's called Bensei, basically, which is, and and some parts of of north that that are actually uh on the circle but otherwise we are south of the circle and the most uh, in Reykjavik i think we are somewhere between 64 and 66 degrees we we even have this brand 66 degrees oh, right. north
1: yeah right yeah because of this position um the situation with the daylight is a bit special right
0: yes yes uh, right now it's very difficult for those coming from uh, from the equator because it's basically light all day and night. Uh, we have the midnight sun uh, in the summer and then in the winter it's pitch black, unless we have snow, <laughs> then we can see something. So you have really, really bright summer nights and really dark winter nights.
1: And winter days, right?
0: Yes, yes. And especially in Reykjavik, if it's not snow, you know, and you have rain, it's really dark.
1: And when there's snow, it's reflecting some light at least. Yes, yeah, Yeah, so uh, I remember I was in Iceland, uh, I think exactly a year ago, in fact. So so we are recording this in June 2015 and in June 2014 I was in, in Iceland and yeah so it was the time where it's uh, light all all the time and that was really confusing because uh, you didn't notice that it's already midnight and there was still um, yeah. light outside and then you you looked at the watch and thought okay maybe I should go to bed now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it uh, yeah it was r- strange but interesting um and i can imagine like the, the opposite like having uh yeah night all day Yeah. That's even harder.
0: That's harder, uh, at least for me, Uh, uh, mentally. It's really depressing, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So so are all the Icelanders really sad then?
0: (laughs) No, we just have to do something to...
1: Yeah, put put (laughs) more light on. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Icelanders, how many are there?
0: Uh, I think uh, right now uh, there are some 330,000 maybe. Uh, we have maybe uh, some two hundred ninety thousand, uh, as we would call, native Icelanders. But we have a big population of of new Icelanders coming from Poland. Uh, so, so we have a lot of you know when there are elections and things like that, you can see, you know, all the material being printed in other languages. So you you there is a polish population and there is a thai and uh, i don't know the exact numbers but uh, but all these people together are about 330,000
1: i read that the uh, that iceland is the most sparsely populated country in europe
0: uh, yeah I, it's uh, because iceland is 103 square kilometers it's like three times the size of denmark
1: yeah so t- there and are the around three people uh, per um, square uh, kilometer. Yeah. So.
0: So and they are not the evenly distributed.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Fortunately. I guess most of the. <laughs> yeah. So. So then you wouldn't meet like. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. So I guess most of the people live in the capital. Reykjavik, yeah. Reykjavik. Um, which has about 120,000 inhabitants if you just count the. Yeah, the the city, and about two hundred thousand um, in the whole capital area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the chances are high that someone from Iceland is also from Reykjavik.
0: Yes, but uh, uh, I'm in my uh, I'm in my fifties, uh, and my parents they uh, uh, they are not from Reykjavik, and m- many of my uh, my friends, uh, the same age as as I am, they, uh, it's the same story with their parents. So it's hard to find people of my parents' generation that are actually from Reykjavik, or 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 if you go one generation back, because in the early twentieth century, around nineteen o five or something, Hapnafjordr, which is just south of Reykjavik, was actually bigger than than Reykjavik. So,
1: so it grew. Yeah, it
0: it uh, exploded in the in the 20th century when when people started uh, moving away from from uh, the countryside, you know, farming and going into the villages.
1: Because there are so few Icelanders, I ha- always have like this um, prejudice that somehow Icelanders all know each other. Is it like that?
0: No, no, no. It's I. I mean, it's like uh, it's like Malmo. I mean, uh, Malmo is about three hundred thousand, and I would argue that not everyone in Malmo knows all the other ones. So, so, but the, it's very easy to find a a, a link somewhere. Uh, you don't have to go far. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Usually, we 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 know each other uh, in some way. It's, uh,
1: so, at least you know someone who knows someone, yeah. then...
0: Yeah, we we, we have this, uh, I don't know if you know, we have this thing called bok which is a, a genealogical thing uh, which is now available on the web. So, all Icelanders uh, have been uh, recorded or registered from the settlement uh, uh, with various degree of accuracy, of course, because you don't know the the uh, how how true the sources are. But uh, it's very popular to log in to your account, and if you see some name, you type the other name, and then you it finds the shortest path between you. Okay. And it's very rare that you go uh, as far as the eighteenth or seventeenth uh, century. It usually is uh, later, so it's a know.
1: kind of Facebook just for Icelanders, maybe. Y-
0: yes, and uh, uh, and it's not it. Uh, it's based on DNA, <laughs> and not.
1: But that's really cool to... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, th- uh, there are some people in other countries as well who try to um, understand where they come from with yeah. the genealogy. But if you just get it like yeah. this, that's
0: yeah. I can go back as uh, if I follow my, I, I mean, obviously there are many uh, branches I can choose when I go back. But I can easily go back to, to the settlement and, and even the generations before, both in Norway and Denmark. Really? And then we are in the 7th, 8th, 9th century. But wow. the, obviously these sources are <laughs> not so reliable. So you you don't know if there is any truth in it. You don't even know if these people did exist. Probably they did, but.
1: But is there some, someone famous along the path?
0: Oh yeah, it. I uh, end in uh, Harald Hildeton, uh, uh the king of Danes. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not Harald Bluetooth, but it is Harald Hildeton, which was previous, a uh, previous king in six hundred fifty-five or something. Late seventh.
1: Bluetooth makes me yeah. <laughs> think <laughs> of something else.
0: Well, it, <laughs> it came f- from there. I mean, the name. Yeah. Oh really? That's from the, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you see, the the symbol for Bluetooth is an uh, is an ancient rune.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now that you say it, mm-hmm. yeah. never thought about that. That's cool. So when was the the settlement then?
0: it's believed that um or officially it's 1874 when Ingól Arnarson came to to Iceland 1800 1800,
1: 800,
0: sorry 874 and but that, that's the that's the party line in Iceland but uh now there have been some studies uh of archaeological findings and and they show that it's actually older because you have ash layers of known volcano eruptions, where where you can, uh, you have more accuracy actually. So so, they are, they are moving it back maybe fifteen hundred years.
1: So they think that uh, the settlement was even earlier than yes, that. Yes. Yes. Or could it be that someone was already on the? Oh, there there was
0: there there were some Irish monks, uh-huh. but. but uh, their population didn't grow, obviously, uh. <laughs> since there are <were> no women. <laughs> so, uh, and there are there are some names in Iceland, you know, like Pape and Patricksveirður, and which have uh, Catholic uh, Irish-sounding uh, names. And uh, in landnáma, and in other uh, old Icelandic books, it it's when, when the settlers were coming. They uh, they wrote about these uh, uh, papar, as they called them, uh, which were monks, and these monks they they, well they disappeared uh, and uh, but they were also in the Faroe Islands and uh, Brentan the Irish one who sailed in a boat and and wrote he he uh, uh, there are Irish sources which are older than the Icelandic sources. And they, they describe both the Faroe Islands and probably Iceland because they talk about a volcanic eruption.
1: And how did the Irish monks get to Iceland?
0: They had skin boats, they had some really primitive boats, and, and, and there was a. They, they reconstructed uh, the, uh, the Branton boat uh, and sailed on it uh, to the Faroe Islands and to Iceland from Orkney. So, um, I think this was in the late 70s early 80s.
1: This settlement the the f- official first people
0: <laughs> yeah they they were uh so um uh, uh, when I was a kid and th- this was taught in school it was o- 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 always said that it was you know a heterogeneous population mostly from Norway and maybe someone from what is now Sweden and Denmark uh, but Re recent studies of of uh, um, well blood studies, you know, DNA studies, uh, they they show that uh, the female population probably came from the British Isles. So, and it's and it is not hard to imagine because the, the Vikings were there in the British Isles, and 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 there was a big population in Ireland of of Vikings, and there was in York in England, and 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 Scotland, and uh, they probably took uh, took uh, uh, the local women uh, there with them to Iceland. And many believe that that's how literature came to Iceland, because literature was not in Scandinavia, but it, but it was very big in Ireland. And the art of writing, you know, leather manuscripts was known in Ireland. And it's not impossible to think that the the women that came from there knew this skill, how to write.
1: But the language that um, the settlers brought with them yeah. was a dialect of the Norwegian from this time, which was Old Norse.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's called Old Norse. It's... Uh, but it's uh, probably a language that was spoken if from norway and down here and even in denmark
1: yeah so it's it's like the predecessor of the scandinavian languages today yeah, yeah. um and it was the the common language in the viking era yeah so and um in iceland it uh, evolved to what is now called old icelandic yeah yeah and because of the isolated uh, position of of uh, Iceland um the the language could evolve completely independently from the the other yeah. um now Scandinavian languages yes yes uh and that's that's that uh, a bit special about it
0: yeah and uh, um um uh a bit sad, also because or not sad. I mean, languages they evolve. It's just the nature of them. So, so there's nothing to do about it. But uh, there, there are there are huge English influences now, which are having a great impact on the language. And and I'm not only talking about words, but I'm also talking about sentences and how you phrase things and and, and uh, the. And so when I, w- I mean, when I come to Iceland, uh, I I hear, I hear the differences, you know. Even by by watching official media, listening to journalists and other, you can see, hear how these uh, things uh, are coming into the language.
1: Yeah. So today um, there is a the great influence of English, especially, I guess. Yes but you also said that um the danes were um very or are still are kind of popular or danish is of yeah. great influence so didn't that influence icelandic uh,
0: well it did in in because uh, uh, way b- maybe from from 1600 and, and onwards uh, most of the most of the official uh, or the civil servants if you like in in Iceland were all Danish officials or Icelandic officials that had studied in Denmark so their language was Danish and uh, and uh, Icelandic was being thinned out very much by Danish but then in the early 19th century uh, there was a Danish language virtuoso uh Christian Rask that was in Iceland and he spoke and wrote better Icelandic than anybody up there and he did a huge work on Icelandic you know Icelandic grammar and uh, and uh, yeah so but and and uh, w- when the Icelandic population in in the 19th century wanted to be uh, uh posh they would speak Danish on Sundays or something just to be, you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> speak danish on sunday so so we should speak danish today actually yeah uh, yeah so we will talk a bit more about the the um this uh, language purism that then yeah, emerged yeah. um the written icelandic uh hasn't changed much over no. time and also the morphology and syntax it's yeah, you could say it's very similar to old Icelandic Yes, still, right? Yes, yes. Um, however, the the pronunciation changed quite a bit. Yes. So, yes. Um, especially between the 12th and 16th century and so that's about the time when the people uh, started to call their language Islenska mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it was, by then it was different enough from the other yeah. languages. Yes. Um uh, and so one thing that's um for which Icelandic is quite famous is that today speakers still can read yeah really old texts yes. from um yeah old times and the the oldest preserved texts were written around 1100 and m- most of them were poems and laws and I guess the most famous ones are the Icelandic sagas and yeah. the Eddas. Um, and one, uh, one text that I uh, found quite interesting is from the 12th century. It's the first grammatical treatise. Um, so what's, what's the Icelandic name? Uh,
0: Islensk Málfræði. Uh, uh, Málfræði is grammatík. Uh, Fræði is, is um the study of something. Mm-hmm. And maul is uh, language. So it's the study of language.
1: Yeah, and this was written by a guy who's just referred to as the first scamarian. And what was interesting about it is that uh, so he described the sounds of Icelandic um, and used a method that is still used today. Like he tried to um, build the inventory of phonemes by using uh, minimal pairs. So um pairs of words where just one sound is different and then to show that um changing the sound makes a difference in meaning and so it's um it's a phoneme and he also developed an alphabet and it already included um one letter that is u- still used today the thorn yeah which is also fr- uh, from the runes yeah um, yeah so that was the maybe the first uh, grammar of icelandic
0: yeah and and uh, obvi- the bible was pretty early on translated to icelandic so and that influenced uh, uh, the population you know in general quite a lot because uh, in other countries they had the bible in in latin especially in the catholic times and uh, that obviously influenced the language there
1: i have one Really old text here now, yeah um could you say what it's called
0: It's himnas it's uh, 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 written uh, by a, by a, I think he was a monk called sonoora or a priest or he had some religious uh, association he was born in eleven seventy three and died twelve o eight so he was wasn't that old and uh, it's really old text and it's really very catholic you know in 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 the sense that it's all about you know him being a slave of lord and uh, that lord can punish him in any ways he likes it's a very uh, it's very sad <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah
1: and maybe you could uh read just the, f- the first verse
0: yeah heir himna smiður hvers skálðið til mín, And then I
1: can read the, the English translation. Yeah. Here, Smith of the heavens, what the poet asks, may softly come unto me thy mercy. So I call on thee, for thou hast created me. I am thy slave, thou art my lord. And so if I look at this the English translation I have the feeling maybe the text isn't like what you would talk on the streets right it's No
0: no it's, it's very formal it's very I I don't think people spoke like that no no it's
1: so, so it's poetry yeah. it's a special style
0: it's special style and it's very you know it's a religious text so
1: could someone today write write this write it this way, or would you? Um yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe not today, unless you you wanted to be old fashioned in in your text, you know. So okay, as a stylistic. So, yeah, as a stylistic thing, yeah. but but it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it doesn't sound that old actually when you read it.
1: Okay, it's, it's just that um, if. Um, what was his name again? Colbert Tummersson. If you would meet him, um, you, you couldn't really talk to him, right? Because his pronunciation would be maybe different, so yes. different. Yes, yes. So the, the text that I have here, it's uh, from Wikipedia, and it says that it's the 19th century spelling. And I tried to find uh, like the original or an yeah. older version. So um, I guess it's still the, the same letters that I use today. Yes,
0: uh, uh, they would uh, uh, use K instead of G in Og, Ok, and they often shortened when, when you would have Mildingur. They didn't write the last vowel, but that was mostly just to save space because it was written on very, very expensive calfskin. Okay. So, so that's why you have Nivr without the last U you have you have a lot of missing last vowels but that's more more a space thing trying to compress the text
1: but otherwise um the the letters w- so were, the, were same, the same yeah yeah one thing that i noticed like when you have possessive pronouns like uh, my lord yeah. is trotin uh, min yeah then the the possessive pronoun c- comes after yeah. the noun. Is that still so in uh, modern Icelandic, yeah. or is it is it?
0: Is like you say, you are my wife. You say þú er mean. mín. So it's and it's always. Uh, oh yeah, it's like that. perfectly. Oh, okay. Modern.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's modern. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the proof you can read a really old text that's 800 years old, and that's really special if you compare that to the other Germanic languages at least and so the obvious comparison would be english because we yeah. talk english here and uh, at the time when iceland was settled the language that was spoken at that time that now evolved to english was old english yes and so so in the 11th century it started to evolve to middle english and if you look at texts from from at, at old English texts, then modern English speakers really have a hard time to, yeah, to understand them. And in fact, old English is more similar to modern German than to modern English, because at that time English still had a full case system.
0: Yeah, and and, and but uh, but we have, and and the, that carried over the influences between. Old English, or I don't know if it's old or Middle I- English, but uh, like et, which is d h, you know, it's like this one. Yeah, it's a yeah.
1: Bit, so it's a it's a letter. Yeah, how would you describe it? It's like it's
0: like a d with a with a, a small uh, stroke line, stroke through yeah. through the leg or yeah. whatever you would call it. Yeah, and and, and it's pronounced d h as th the th- thot which is like the other one you mentioned. It's like a P with a line that goes up from the mm-hmm. runes. Yeah. That's hard, that's T H like you would say in Thu. Uh, but EF is David. It's soft. Yeah. So and in English it's D H and T H respectively, these two. So so if you say thu becomes thou. So you see thot is th. And eth is dh if you if you read it softly.
1: Uh, so I think both both are written with th in English actually. Yeah. A dh. I'm not. No.
0: Sure. No. Dh is not. It's more the way I would. Read uh, okay, it. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh. another way to describe it is that one is voiced and one is voiceless. Yes. So I think the the thorn one is so it's the. Like in yeah. think, so yeah. it's the uh, yeah. Voice, and you you, you
0: you can you can start a word with thought, mm-hmm. but you can never start a word with with uh, the y- the this one. The yes. Yeah.
1: So this is like a though. Yeah. So yeah. The the voiced. But, but this
0: this this is the link to English anyway. This one. Yeah. So uh,
1: yeah, old English um, had both of these letters as yes. well. Yeah. Um and apparently, Icelandic and English are the the only languages that have, uh, that still today have both of these sounds. Yeah. So I think uh, Danish has, or Norwegian has one of them. So. And
0: if uh, the Faroese, Fa- Fa- the Faroese, they have lost thought, mm-hmm. but they still have this I, one. Okay, then. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, th- so there's another. Um, Special so a vowel, in fact, I don't know if it's also here in the text, which is like an a connected to an e yeah i it's
0: here i oh, i yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah, so that existed in old English as well
0: yes, and Latin
1: and today I think it's also still in norwegian and, yeah,
0: and Danish. Danish, yeah, but it's uh, uh, the, the, it sounds different it has th- a different they pronunciation mo- yeah, they have more e like sound to it, mm-hmm. whereas we have i. Guide through.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and um, with this uh, th sound, um, it's interesting if you look. For example, this smith how's house. So this has this soft th- sound, th- th- and that's uh, that's the uh, the word for smith. Yeah. So in, yeah. in English you also have uh, yeah. the the sound or, or this yeah. Yeah. In this case it's the voice less smith. Yeah. Yeah. And now when you when you look at uh at uh, the other Germanic languages, they have replaced these sounds with D or T. Yeah. Like in German it's Schmied. And in in Swedish it's Schmied. So uh yeah. that's that's what happened to these sounds in the other languages. But English and Icelandic, yeah. they kept them. And then I think the last uh, special character is this uh, O with, with two dots, Ö, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which is, still exists in German and in Swedish and I don't know, F- Farese maybe also?
0: No, they use the Danish, the, the, the one, one, the stroke.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then um, there are a lot of accents on the vowels. Like yes, yes.
0: Yeah, so oh, so oh. it's
1: like a stroke from left to right, and um, I think they so in other languages they they mark stress or that the length is uh, yeah that the sound is longer, but in Icelandic it's more the the quality like yeah. uh becomes ao. an au.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah so if you look at a, at an Icelandic text it's, uh, it already looks kind of cool so <laughs> so for me it, uh, i think it's because of these um yeah, t- letters that are the th sound yeah so they they already look like they are from the old yeah. times
0: and there is a story about these uh, the earth and thought characters uh, in the history of computing in 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 the uh, in the 80s when dos was used, uh, there was a limited number of places for characters. You had two hundred fifty-six slots in the character table, and you would have these uh, code pages. And somehow Iceland managed to get AF uh, and thought, uh, uh, and they beat Turkey. And you could argue that this is really silly because there are. Tens of millions, I don't know how many millions, uh, well above (laughs) 50 million live in Turkey. And so that are 300,000. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't fair.
1: But now the Turkish characters are also uh, uh, covered.
0: Yes. Now we have Unicode and we we have
1: (laughs) (laughs) everything fits in. Yeah. When I look at such a text and would try to, to read it, um, so, or if I look at the text and hear how you pronounce the words, um, I have the feeling, so the, the rules for mapping letters to sounds that I know from other languages, they don't help. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, true, that's true. Um, this mapping is really complex in Icelandic, so that isn't enough to know how a letter is pronounced, but also which kinds of other letters are around.
0: Yes, uh, and just take my name, it's Björn with an R-N, but uh, you, you pronounce it with a D, Björn. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So, and that's why?
0: I, I think it's uh, too far-fetched to try to squeeze it into a system. I think it's more uh, an exception. Mm-hmm. So you have you have general rules and then you have a lot of exceptions and <laughs> you shouldn't try to to make sense of the exceptions because you 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 will end up with too complicated system
1: it yeah so i think it's because um as we already said the writing didn't change so much but the pronunciation did yes and so you today you use la, uh, sounds or you pr- yeah you say the words in a way that does not fit to the way it's written anymore yeah and actually it's the same in english if you uh look at english words um often you it depends on the word (laughs) how to pronounce a certain string of characters yeah and it's the same because um the 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 spelling or or the the pronunciation changed faster than than the spelling yeah but on top of that there are some sounds in icelandic that yeah so i have the feeling that icelandic maybe preserved some sounds um, that the other um, Germanic languages maybe also had once upon a time, but uh, lost now. So there are plenty of vowels. Um, yeah. And there are also a lot of diphthongs. Mm. So all the vowels can be long or short, uh, including the diphthongs. Yes. So, um, But the, the length of the vowel doesn't... Um, so there is no contrast for the meaning... You can always predict from the structure of the word whether the vowel or the diphthong should be long or short. Um, but there is a contrast in length for consonants. Yeah. So Icelandic has long consonants. And so I tried to listen to some examples and and it was really hard for me to hear that the, that the consonant is long. But I guess that's because if you have a long consonant, you always have a short vowel. Yeah. So, for me, it's just okay. It's a short vowel. Um, but maybe you could find an example, like uh, if you could maybe read this and then mm-hmm. this.
0: Copper, uh, copper, 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 copper.
1: Okay, so I hear that w- that the the O is long and short. Yeah, but I don't hear so much that the that the is long in the one no but apparently it's like that
2: so
1: yeah one thing that is similar between icelandic and chinese is that in stops like and um there is no contrast in voicing like in english you have b and p, but in icelandic and chinese you don't have this this contrast but instead you have uh, contrast and aspiration. So, uh, whether you say p- with this yeah. kind of uh, extra breath yeah. or just p- yeah. So that's that's a similarity to, to Chinese. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. That. So we yeah. talked about it in in the uh, there w- was an episode on Chinese. It was the first one, and we had also some examples. Um, however, you have a. Uh, uh, voicing contrast in other consonants including nasals so there is something like voiceless nasals um and when i read that i couldn't even imagine what that should sound like so we need an example so for example if you read these two yeah
0: (laughs) nita nita okay so nita Mm? is starts with an n Mm -hmm. and Nita starts with an H. <laughs> Nita. Yeah.
1: Um. And if you d- read this and and this, maybe.
0: Henti, Yeah. So, okay. So 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 the D and the T they affect how you, Hentai, henti. You it affects the H. Yeah. In the beginning.
1: So if I hear it correctly, it's like instead of making the n, you just it's just. Breathing out, right? Yeah. Henti. <laughs> henti. <Henty. laughs> we could say that so the one means hand, right? Yes. And one is to dispose of? If, yeah, to throw away. A throw away. Okay.
0: Uh, or just to throw. Yeah. You can h- henti postanem, throw and a ball. Henty. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so th- this example is also nice. Um,
0: Björg and Björk.
1: So here the, 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 the R is supposed to, so in the first it's voice yeah. and in the second it's supposed to be voiceless. Yeah. So
0: Björk and Björk.
1: Björk. Mm. So the first means to rescue and the second is the birch.
0: Yeah, it's uh Björg is actually has more meanings, so ah, okay. uh it can both be uh um uh, uh, rock or a cliff in pluralis Björk, Björkin uh and it can also mean rescue. And Björk is Birch or Betula.
1: And it's also the same as the the name of the singer?
0: Yes, it's the name of the singer, Björk.
1: Yeah, maybe to to give another uh, kind of contrast. So I found the the, the word for cold. So in in German, it's kalt. In Icelandic, it's kalt. So it's it's the same, but with a voiceless l. So kalt, kalt. And I find it, uh, 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 it kind of fits the meaning. It sounds a bit colder than just saying kalt 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 kalt.
0: But then you can say it with a d, han er kaldur.
1: Mhm. And then it's voiced again. Yeah. So it depends on yeah the sound afterwards. On top of aspiration, there's also pre-aspiration. Um yeah, there, there we have this. Uh, what we just heard. The, and there is another um, version. If you read this and then that,
0: copper, copper. So, so this one, copper, almost gets an H yeah. between the O. Copper, copper, <laughs> and copper.
1: Could you say what they mean?
0: Copper. Uh, 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 means uh, young seal in uh, in plural so yeah it's a baby seal oh. <laughs> and copper is, uh, is a cup Small pot
1: so so really different words yeah so if you if you don't manage to get the, this right with the with the co- yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you say something completely, completely different. different yes <laughs> I, 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 I. I found an uh, another nice example or or something that's interesting from the um language history perspective uh the words for knight and daughter C- could you say them?
0: Uh you mean f- for night like uh, night and day or? yeah right <laughs> mm-hmm. and what was the other Daughter Tochter.
1: So they also have this uh they have a pre-aspirated T mm-hmm. and um if you look at German then it's uh, Nacht und Tochter. Mm-hmm. So um we have this ch <laughs> mm-hmm. And then if you look at the at the English words so Knight and daughter they both have this gh yeah. that you don't pronounce but uh, that, uh, that's a sign that once upon a time uh english also had some uh, yeah. something like that yes. probably yes. some whether just <sighs> or or, yeah. or maybe also with the g i don't know dog and i think that that's interesting to find the similarities yeah
0: you see the roots
1: yeah and one one last phenomenon in Icelandic uh, that I want to mention is pre-stopped consonants, and there's a an, uh, quite famous example word for that. So there is this uh, certain volcano that disturbed the flight. Uh, <laughs> Eyjafjallajökull. <laughs> okay, oh, c- could you say it again?
0: Eyjafjallajökull.
1: Yeah. So in 2010. Uh, it uh, erupted, yes. and then the flight traffic was disturbed for yeah. quite some time, and that uh, brought the name to the news yes. everywhere. And, and yeah, somehow everyone had a hard time pronouncing it. Yes, and I think it's due to it being a quite long word.
0: And it's it is a combined word. Mm-hmm. So so you have Aya, uh, which is island. Uh, uh, and it comes from there is, there are mountains that are called Eyjafjöll which are the island mountains uh, and then you have a jökull which is a glacier so a jökull are actually three words put together.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's really one long word. Yeah. And uh, so if you are not used to the letter combinations, it just looks like randomly typed. Yeah. And then on top of that, if you don't know how to pronounce th- <laughs> There was
0: one journalist in America, he always said yogurt. <laughs> yogurt. <good. laughs> <laughs> because he, yeah, yeah, he felt like yogurt or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, on, on YouTube, you find like collections of the worst uh, mispronunciations, <laughs> um, and I think the the most surprising thing in this name is that you have two times the letter combination LL, like double L. Yeah. And it's not just like eya fiala yokul. Yeah. But somehow you have additional T's in there, right?
0: Yeah, but but that that's like my bjorn becomes bjorn mm-hmm. Your year could. Because you have this D L T L thing, where you have double L, mm-hmm. so.
1: So when you say so biot. Yeah, I think bjot. in the end they. <laughs> <laughs> you also have such a voiceless, mm. um, and so with this um, T L um in in the name, there is an entry in the blog called Language Log, because of this name being kind of popular in 2010 and it being pronounced wrong all the time they kind of analyzed how to pronounce th- this these double s correctly and they gave a kind of uh, recipe how to do it and um they had an uh, uh, another pair of words where they started from so the one maybe you could read it it's uh, this one sail sail it's uh, So they wrote it means, like, happy.
0: Yes, well, it's a greeting. You say, if, if, if you're talking to a guy or a man, you would say Seidl. Mm-hmm. And then you have the double L with the TL sound. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a female, you say sail Okay. And it's basically, hello, uh, uh, how are you? Uh, I guess it's some kind of a blessing thing, you know, historically.
1: Yeah, I, so I read that it's uh, or I found that the, the translation to German is selig mm-hmm. and it sounds a bit like that Yeah, and then it would be like blessed yeah. so blessed to see you or something like uh, that.
0: There, there are religious texts where they say seiler er fauteikir, you know happy are the poor or something <laughs> and
1: Okay Yeah, but, the, but then in the, the second version it's like mm, the volcano name the way to do it is like you, you put your the tip of the tongue t- to the position as if you would say talk, like the T. And then um, let a little air pressure build up. And then instead release it like, like you would say but instead <laughs> blowing air out like...
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, actually not so hard. And and the first LL in Ejafjallajökull, I don't, I just don't try it. It's, in fact, it just sounds like if you would say tl, mm-hmm. and then the second, because it's the end of the word, it has this really, uh, Good. so it's yeah. also vo- uh, voiceless yeah. there. Okay, now that was exhausting. So I suggest that we take a break now. Yeah. As always, I I try to find uh, songs in uh, Icelandic. So this time in Icelandic, and I found a great band, which is called.
0: Artistas.
1: When I came across them, I became an immediate fan. So I I think their music is really great, and. Um
0: they're good musicians. Mm-hmm. They're 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 really good. Yeah.
1: We will hear a contemporary song of them in the next episode, and we will also talk a bit more about them then. But they also
0: perform the,
1: the text that we um, heard before, and that's actually how I found the text because they have a video, um, and there they sing this uh, song in a train station in Germany in Wuppertal, and it's a uh, quite cool because it has this acoustics uh, like it could be a medieval church or something if it wasn't for the train that's driving through at some point and they sing this really old song like 800 years old but the music was written 700 years later like in the 20th century the cool thing about this band is that they release everything in creative commons however for here it says specifically that all rights are reserved. And I guess that's because it was written by a different composer and not themselves. You can find the video on YouTube. I will put a link in the show notes and you can also uh, download the song and some other live songs for free on uh, Bandcamp. Another thing Another hint is that just some days ago, another podcast made a special two episodes about Icelandic. It's called World in Words, and it's um, much shorter than this one. It's, uh, I think, about 20 minutes. And the first episode focuses on how new words are created based on old words. And the second one is about how English will replace Icelandic eventually. Okay, and um, I also would like to thank everyone who gave me feedback so far, because it's always nice to know that someone listens, because when you just talk and put it on the Internet, you don't really know if someone is even noticing it. And then then when you get some feedback, um, that's that's always nice. So thank you very much. Um, If you want to give feedback, then you can go to the homepage language rule dot and you can tell me what yeah maybe what you liked or what you don't like so much what you would like to hear and if you don't want to write so much you can uh, just push the flatter button that's uh, that's a way to um donate some sense and just to say i like it uh, in a short way and um, if you want to make sure that you won't miss the second part of the uh, Uh, Exploration of Icelandic, you can subscribe to the podcast. Um, On the homepage you find a big subscribe button which makes it really easy um, to subscribe to the feed on uh, some uh, podcast app that you like or you search in iTunes. And then in the next episode we will continue with a bit more grammar and um, as we already said, talk about how new words come into the language. Um, so how do you say thank you in Icelandic? Takk fyrir. Takk fyrir. And how do you say goodbye? Uh, bless. Bless.
0: Uh, vertu blessaður if it's a male and vertu blessuð if it's a woman.
1: So it depends on who you are talking to. Yeah. So, and, but I can just say bless. Yeah. And it's like... Bye. Yeah. Yeah. That's easy. Okay. So, tak für dir.
0: Tak für Tack Tak für Malees.
1: And thanks for listening. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye.